This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. Refs, you suck. Refs, you suck. Refs, you suck. That seemed to be the uh, theme of the game tonight. I think Welcome that's back fair. to Leafs Late Night. It's uh, Roscoe and Bean. Yeah, that is fair, right? Eh? I'd say. I mean, it seemed like nobody won on that side. You had the uh, the St. Louis Blues fans chanting it. You had Leafs t- Twitter chanting it. Um, wow. Wow, the officiating was bad tonight. And like almost on the level of that Winnipeg game, I was waiting for it to get completely out of hand. But uh, let's get into it. Leafs uh, with a win. Yes, they... You can. I, I think they were taken to heart. Keith's comments on uh, conditioning. Yeah, they definitely came out stronger tonight. The first period, they were dominant. Uh, I mean, they outshot the crap out of the Blues. Like they looked better. I'll say that offensively. I'll say. I'll say they were better. Yep. Back to their faceoff winning. They were sixty-one percent in the faceoff circle tonight. There you go. Um, let's start off with. Uh... I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Who was pretty good tonight? You, you want to know who uh, I'm going to give credit to tonight? Who's that? Quiet! Soupy, former Soupy, now Cobra, Ilya Mikheyev for the game winner. <laughs> Oh, I was wondering how you were going to work that in. It's for Cobra because it's soupy. Yeah, no, he had a great game. He did. He got the Patrick Kane mirror lookalike goal from the Stanley Cup final where no one knew it was in except him. Yeah, from like the goal line in the corner. I cannot believe he got that. And he also had a really good screen on uh, one of the other goals, but uh, he, he had a good night. I'll give you that one. He's been awesome since coming back. We actually have a I got a question message me about him to be asked tonight so i'll bring that up a little later nice uh i gotta give it to marner who just looked great out there finally back uh you know back to his old self gliding around in the corners with a beautiful pass setting up uh, matthews on his goal and marner scoring himself so i gotta give it to marner because he doesn't get enough love from leafs nation he definitely does not and he 100 deserved it tonight well, um, let's get into it quick. We can break down the game. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly opens the scoring. Mm, defense looked bad on it. I'm just going to say Dermot and Sandine were in front of two blues. That's never a good sign. Uh, one nothing. How about Ry- or O'Reilly's little touch pass to get by Matthews there? Kind of, I think that ignited a fire under Matthews, made him kind of look silly right off the hop. Almost like something you'd see in a pickup game or ball hockey or something. Yeah, that was a little uh, little salt in the wound there. But not too long after, it was about a minute and a half later, Matthews wins a clean faceoff, sends it over to Bunting, who just read the whole play, got himself right in front of the net, quick hands, and uh, ties it up. boy, Bunting. And uh, I wish I could shout somebody out, but uh, nobody, none of us, not even me, predicted that Bunting was going to score first. We had predictions for probably the rest of the lineup. <laughs> I, I predicted the wrong Swedish defenseman to score tonight. Oh, did you, yeah, you said uh, Sandine, eh? I did, yes. Yeah, Matthews to Bunting, a little Arizona connection there. Maybe Bunting was trying to show Matthews that his hockey game's better than his golf game from the ESPN interview they had. 
<laughs> oh yeah if anybody missed that matthews was saying that uh I, I think we touched on it last night but so the fun things golf game was not as good as you might think mm-hmm. uh, and then right after that like i said but a minute and a half after the math uh, matthews to bunting we have marner with a beautiful one top shelf to tie it or to, to uh give the leafs the lead two to one hey it was a beauty one yeah uh, yet, yet again he looked it looked like his little covid break maybe helped him clear his head there if that's what yeah. drinking wine and playing video games does for him, let's let him do it a little more often. Yeah, I think he just needed to, uh, like you said, just get out of his own head, relax, because he seemed way less uh, just tied up in himself tonight. Like he was feeling the game. He was seeing everything. He was in the right places. So 100% he, he keeps that up. Um, then JT with a little steal and uh, a little snipe. He's left alone. Didn't see that one. <laughs> I love it. Three to one. And this is when everybody started saying, uh, uh oh, it's three to one again, because for some reason in the Colorado game and the Vegas game and now the St. Louis game, three to one has been like a death sentence for the Leafs. There's no explanation for it, like absolutely no explanation for it. But uh, it's been this whole this whole road trip, essentially, except the Arizona game. Right. Um, Even though we've squandered the leads. It's still a good sign. The fact that we can get up and get the leads, right? Every, everybody's going to make mistakes and lose it, but Hey, yeah, we, they're we able, held on. Exactly. They're able to get, uh, get on the board and they're able to answer when they fall behind. Like they didn't get shaken tonight, which is something that was nice to see. Uh, but what the hell after the JT goal bunting gets rammed a couple times into the boards and in retaliation says something. And then Krug literally just, while well, Bunting's not looking, blindside, cross-check to the head, and then jumps on him. And then basically exactly the same as the last game where Bunting doesn't drop the gloves and gets called. Here he gets another offsetting penalty for for nothing. Like, this is insane. Yep. You, you got to take them both, right? You can't give the Leafs an advantage. Because yeah, because then of course maybe they go up four to one and that's the game, right? Yep. Like, and the game can't end in the first period because then everybody's going to turn it off and people are going to leave and then no one's going to go to the next game in St. Louis, Missouri. God forbid. <laughs> <sighs> I give it to them. They're a loud crowd, man. They they are louder than I expected Missouri to be. Yeah. That w- country road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That what a. That was I, so weird. I, is there any explanation for why that's the song they sing on a penalty kill? I don't know, man. It's like with Colorado, they've got uh, all the small things. It's just every every like. Is there any explanation for why the Leafs have "You Make My Dreams Come True" as their goal song? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah, I think it's just like you get into a weird groove. It's sports. Things become. Uh, ritual and you don't want to change things because then people will say it's cursed and you got to go back to the old one and we're all superstitious well speaking of st louis look at how gloria exploded right what's that the gloria song their stanley cup here oh yeah, yeah, yeah. forgot about that and uh speaking of their stanley cup here jordan bennington <laughs> I, twitter just loves laughing when he lets in bad goals man he was just like the butt of the joke tonight because Man, there were some rough ones. Yeah. he, he Like that first year, he was ridiculously incredible. 
I will give him that. The oh, yeah. off ice stuff and some of the stuff he does on the side, not <laughs> not going to get into that. But when he got called up that first year and they made the cup final and they won, he was incredible. But since then, he'll he goes through heaters and then he'll throw clunkers like this until he waves a stick in someone's face or tries to fight someone, and then he comes back and he's good for a couple more games. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting one. I mean, it's like we were talking about last night. Goalies are a different breed, but Bennington is. Uh poster boy for that yeah so second period uh we had a the fourth line started out really well they were out there with the third d pair keeping up pressure forced an icing on the blues uh against their first li- or their fourth line so it allowed the leafs first line to come out which was nice but uh they kind of didn't make anything of it and then st louis came out hot and uh <clears throat> muzzin gets absolutely drilled in the head into the boards that did not look pretty no. Surprised there was no call on that, but uh, he definitely didn't know what was going on by the time the goal horn went off. I'm honestly surprised the concussion spotters didn't pull him aside and make him sit in the quiet room for a little bit. Yeah, honestly, now that you mention it, I'm surprised they didn't either. Because literally, like when that goal went in, he was still like looking around, like he had no idea where he was. Yeah, it, it the hit didn't look like much just live, but when they showed the replay there, you can see. I'm not saying it's worthy of suspension or anything like that. But for, for Muzzin's side, the health side of things, I'm really surprised they didn't pull him off. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but like I said, O'Reilly got the second of the game. It's three, two. And then right after that, <clears throat> pardon me, Brandon sod ties it up at three. Yeah. <sighs> Dermot and Sandine again, looking a little lost. Yeah. I, I don't know why, We've touched on it a couple times in the last couple episodes. Dermot has his upsides and he has a lot of potential, but there, there's no consistency. There's no, there's no like level standard to start with. And then he has his ups and downs. He's all over the map. Um, Very Jake Gardner. Oh man, that's an insult. I wouldn't have gone there yet. I despise <laughs> Gardner. Hey, I mean, he, Dermot basically blew that game against Montreal. Like, come on, we can't. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean, but like the upside of Gardner was there too. And I think the upside of Dermot's there. It's just defensively, it's been a little rough lately. Yeah. Dermot and Sandine both were under 15 minutes. Sandine had 14.33. Dermot had 10.36 and everyone else was up over 20. Yeah, and Riley was putting up like uh, Thomas Shabbat numbers. What did he hit? He hit 30? 26-16. Oh, wow. That's that's wild because he had like 20-something, I thought, going into the third. So they must have given him a bit of a break. Yeah, they cut his minutes back down pretty quick, pretty good. Matthew's back so, up over 22 again. Wow. And he he does well with the minutes. Like he doesn't seem to get tired. No, no. I don't think there's a legitimate conditioning issue there. I think it's just getting back into the rhythm of playing right your mid-season form yeah it's a weird time to take a break it's it's not like mid-season it's just before it and you know they were kind of getting into a groove there through november and december yep not kind of they were on their best streak ever so uh then jt uh gets hooked on a bit of a he dances through everybody with beautiful play and yeah he gets hooked and doesn't score and everybody throws their arms up what the hell is going on with these refs Oh, but then there was a hand pass, and they were really quick to call that. 
Yeah, you know, you, you got to call that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> Can't let that get away. Man, it was brutal. And like the one I got to I got to give it to our side too. like Muzzin with that blatant trip right in front of a ref and they just didn't call it. It's like, what? I get it. OK, maybe you're giving us one now, but holy, you're not getting any uh, any of the fans on your side in St. Louis. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's such a dangerous line to try to toe as an official. Now, I'm not saying I know what it's like to ref in an NHL game. I've refed a couple pickup games here and then in a ball hockey league that's local but if you start getting (laughs) if you start getting into oh i owe you a call here i owe you a call there and not that i'm saying they were purposefully doing it but it's it's a slippery slope yeah because i mean even if you get the one team less mad at you than the other team's like okay but that call wasn't like you set an awful precedent for each call because then oh this kind of trip we're gonna call but then this blatant one we want like consistency is all anyone's asking for yep and it, it's the management. hardest thing when it comes to refereeing oh I, I i believe it uh so like we said earlier mikhaev had a beautiful screen and dermot feeds lilligren for his first nhl goal lilligren the lily pad we love to see it everybody was very happy for him lily grin yep still high hopes for him um yeah yeah, I, I, I've always loved him when the Leafs got him, when he fell to them at, at what was it, 17? In, well, tw- in 2017, he was 16th or 17th overall. Um, Yeah, I was really excited. There was a lot of promise. He fell pretty far in the draft because he had mono that year. What a weird reason to fall. It's like, oh, your potential's gone now. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if no one sees you play, right? It's always uh, like... What have you rec- done for me lately? Yep, recency bias. So um, I got to give it to, to uh, Mr. Pierre Engvall, who kind of started that whole thing. He managed to fit, got that pass in the corner and danced around and distracted everybody, pulled some people away from the front, opened it up and uh, yeah, crossed the, the uh, crossed the ice over to the uh, to Lily. Yeah. Sh- shout out to the fanalists. Steph's giraffe was playing awesome tonight. Yeah, honestly, I've liked him since the little COVID Christmas break. He's been playing well. Yeah. And I think Keith noticed too. He moved him up uh, in this game, didn't he? Well, I've said it a couple times. He kind of uses him as a safety blanket, right? He was playing mm-hmm. all over the place. He he had more minutes than his line mates did. That's for sure. Um, and wow, I just I'm noticing here Clifford only played six minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, he did get hurt at one point, but yeah, that's that's rough. Clifford's. I don't know if we can have both Clifford and Simmons on the team at the same time. I think it's kind of like if one's out, the other can fill in. But having them both out there, like I get it. There's a couple people out like Kosh is gone. But eh. yeah, I I, if I had to pick, I'd pick Simmons. No offense, Clifford, but Simmons still has the hands, still has the fire. Right. Not that Clifford doesn't have fire, but you notice Simmons more in a good way. And I guess Richie's out, too. So that's that's kind of what brings Clifford up there. But. The fact that only two people being gone puts us in this position is a little worrying because that's not uncommon, COVID or not. Yeah, bring Steve's back up. Like, call Steve's back up for another couple games or Sini. Or, you, you know, we have some kids that you could bring up who are making next to nothing cap wise. Yeah, I got to shout out Steve's and Knives. Uh, Knives. Matty Knives with the uh, game tying goal uh, and uh, Alex Steve's with the winner. Maybe I flipped those around the other way, but uh, Marley's with the OT win tonight congrats boys 
Yeah. I, I, have you ever been to Marley's game, Johnny? I haven't actually. It, it's actually a, a really nice arena. The old Coca-Cola Coliseum. <laughs> nice. Um, Is that what they still call it? I, I don't Is think so. I'd, I'd have to. Something now? Yeah, I'd have to double check what it is, but I'll, it'll forever be the Coca-Cola Coliseum, just like That's Roger fun. Center will forever be Sky Dome, and I'm still calling ACC. it ACC, yep. Because, uh, you know, we got to give that airline credit. <laughs> yeah, because they need, you know, more media. Uh, so uh, then Monsieur Matthews scores uh and puts himself at 25 goals and extends his road game goal streak to 10 putting him third all time behind uh, what was it Pavel Bure and uh what was the other one oh I'm blanking I didn't write this down but just remembering I, off the top of my head I want to say it's Fedorov or Iserman I think it's one of the Red Wings it was Iserman you're right Iserman yeah so uh we got a couple more road games here you can keep it up absolutely that'd be nice uh he also is only one behind leon dreisaitl which i gotta say after missing the first couple uh weeks and having wrist surgery and everything i was i was doubtful at the beginning when he came back and he was cold if he'd be able to get himself back in the race but damn boy yeah scoring I, I, like it's no one's business i should have put some money down on him winning the rocket richard when he was still off injured because there you could get some pretty good odds at that point oh i bet like, even we were saying that, like, I mean, we, I was saying that. I think Steph and, and Sudley both shut me down on that one. <laughs> They're like, come on, he's going to score. I'm like, yeah, but he's he's missed this much of it. And like a lot of people are scoring and, you know, he's got some ground to make up. But he he made it up in every one of his six seasons. He's now hit at least 25 goals in every season. And he's the first Leaf to do so, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like we're literally watching like the it's wild to have grown up. I mean, you guys, if you watch the episode, you met my dad um, to hear all the stories about these players and then to be living through an era where somebody's breaking these records like it's crazy. Yeah, oh, it, it is. And I, I hate to say it, even with how much I love history, it took me a while to even realize what we're watching, right? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously hard to realize in the moment what you're experiencing. Like, I'm sure Edmonton is used to this with uh, with having Gretzky at one point. It's hard to to kind of compare McDavid to him. But with the Leafs, it's like we've talked about. They've never won the President's Trophy. They don't have a, a record of having crazy high goal scorers. So, so seeing Matthews do this, it's like not only is this amazing right now, it's amazing for the entire team's history. Yeah, and even... Even back when the Leafs were a powerhouse back in the 60s, you know, the 40s, when we had teams that won Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. Yes, we would have players who were up there, and occasionally we did have a player who led the league in goals or something like that. But normally, the Leaf teams were teams that were built as a team. Con Smythe, the, the Leafs owner back then, he was very like military background, right? It wasn't just a me mentality it was an us mentality and you go through the leaf captains of the time the, the guys not that they weren't good players but they did everything they were like an iserman if they if the team needs you to score they were going to score if they need you to shut them down they were going to shut you down it, it wasn't uh gretzky go out there and get eight points a night right like we've never 
not normally been that superstar team. And I think it's worth noting that Matthews has been not only fantastic at scoring, but has been such a great back checker and just great on all uh, all angles of the ice. It's just it's crazy to watch. Yep. Shades of Dougie back in the early 90s. Oh, buddy. Buddy Dougie. Uh, we got to talk about this. This Mikheyev goal, because this was crazy. Um, <laughs> he's like falling along the back goal line in the corner and just throws it towards the net. And it squeaks through Bennington's shoulder somehow or like under his arm and goes off the back of his leg and up into like the the bar where the camera is. And Engvall saw it go in. He pointed immediately. He's like, that's a goal, baby. Yep. Yeah, Engvall pointed pretty much right when the referee did. Yeah, and then I don't know. I think it was him or Marner went in and tapped it out. Yep. Uh, with their stick. That was funny. Like, hey, there it is. It's in the net. It and- it. It, it, it was good. Like, winner. yeah, for for all the crap that he got thrown at him for quote unquote requesting a trade, M- Mikheyev's really come in and kind of shut everybody up after his injury, right? To start the year being injured like he did, especially after he had that gruesome wrist injury his rookie season. Like he he's been what you would expect. Like he's got forty five points or forty six points now in a hundred games. It's not. That's actually that's. Yeah, it's it's not like all star blow your mind numbers, but they're good numbers for a guy who's only, you know, been in the league for three seasons. But his first season, he only ended up playing thirty nine games. Last year, he played fifty four, and then he's only ended up playing six so far this year. He's he's been very unlucky with injuries. Yeah, last season was a bit of a, a recovery year for him, for sure. Uh, yep. But this year, it seems like he's come out swinging. And I mean, I'll eat my words on it, especially from from what I saw last year. I was not expecting him to come out this hot. Um, and after he requested a trade and the way that they handled this team and, you know, after watching All or Nothing with how they handled Jimmy VC, it's just like I figured it would be, you know, if you're not gelling with this the system, then, you know, there's the door. We'll, we'll find somebody else that does. But uh, it seems that they... They've really shut it down and, and saw something in them and they've worked it out. So good for them. Yeah, it, it just goes to show you that in the room, he's got to be just doing everything right. Like they, they wouldn't keep someone around if they were a cancer or a distraction in the room. Yeah. Uh, so that that closed the game. The Leafs won at 6-5. I mean, it wasn't awesome, but uh, hey, we'll take another two points. Yep, it Doesn't wasn't hurt. it wasn't a pretty one, but at the end of the day, two points is two points. Yeah, and St. Louis has been hot. I'm still really regretting dropping Bucinavich and Cairo. I'm real dumb, but they've heated up uh, as of late. This seems to be their thing. It's just let's start the season bad, and then we'll come back at the half point. Yep, and after our... It works that one time. Let's do it again. Absolutely. After our episode last night when I mentioned that uh, the children's show Caillou is something I never let my son watch, and I keep hearing Caillou every time they're talking about Cairo in tonight's game. It was driving me insane. I swear one time they did. I, I think they did too, yeah. One time I swear I heard Caillou. Just a mess with all the parents out there. Yeah, nobody liked it, but I tweeted out a picture uh, of Caillou like kicking and screaming when Kyrie was in the penalty box and I said live feed from the, from the box. <laughs> See, it was good. It was good, but nobody got it. Uh, okay, so um, we'll go to a couple of questions from Twitter here. So... They're kind of 
all the same questions. So we can pretty much cover this with one discussion. So at Mike MTC asks, what's your number one deadline target if you're Kyle Dubas? Uh, Luke Man asks, <laughs> can we somehow kidnap a Hedman style defender? Will you co-sponsor my formal complaint to the league about officiating? <laughs> um, and then Snizzle Bonehead uh, this road trip has a big Dubas about to make his annual early trade deadline move vibe to it. So basically every is asking about what move we're going to make deadlines coming up. Defense looks pretty meh compared to how amazing the offense has looked. The top four has been clicking. Tavares looks awesome. Willie looks awesome. Marner and Matthews are just fantastic. So it's uh, they've rounded out the depth in the top four lines like it's it's now come down to the defenders so the names on the board damon severson uh john klingberg jacob chikrin uh ben sharat and pk suban no apparently <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna not that my opinion matters in that sense at all but absolutely not no way no thank you Okay, so no one Subban. <laughs> <laughs> He's he, he, at one point in time he was a great defenseman in the NHL. I don't know what happened, whether it's injuries, whether all the stuff got to his head. Who knows? He to He's me got a great podcast. Oh, I, I I will say I haven't I haven't heard that. I'll have to check that out. Um, to me, he's almost turned into a gardener. That that, that is a little dirty and keeps slew footing people. Yeah, the slewfoots are getting a little rough. But with Subban, I think uh, we'll just start from the bottom, work our way back up to the top, because I think it's more interesting as we get to the end. Um, Subban, I think, A, might make a little too much money for the Leafs to make a move for. I don't know what his current contract is, but I assume it's on the higher end of this group. Um, He's also older, and like you said, he's kind of fallen off defensively the last couple of years and somebody who's defensive oriented is kind of what the Leafs need right now. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I think Subban is going to be a great broadcaster and in, you know, whatever correspondent um, role he wants to fill after. Like I said, his podcast is awesome. I don't like promoting other things, but Hey, it's great. Um, He's got a current yeah, cap hit of 9 million, by the way. Yeah, no. There's no way. <laughs> no fucking way. Uh, so Ben Sherratt. I don't think Montreal would make a trade with Toronto is the first thing. It's very, very rare, but it, it has happened. It's not It's not the old days where the players wouldn't ride the same train with each other, right? Um, ben Sherratt. Yeah. It's it's an interesting name. He, I don't know if it, it was a really hot year, but he he played unreal last year. Um, it, I, I hate kind of falling back to it, but it would depend on the cost, right? To get him, I I think for the Canadians to trade him to the Leafs, an inner division rival, I think they would ask for too much, right? They they don't want to see that whole thing. You don't want to, as a GM, you wouldn't want to see a player you trade away helping a team that you're that close with, right? Yeah, and I think with them not even having a GM right now, like their first move is probably not going to be trading with the Toronto Maple Leafs and trading Ben Sherrod out. 
or maybe it will be maybe they want to make an insane splash but i don't think that would do well with uh montreal pr if that's their first thing they do yeah ben Sherat has a current cap hit of three and a half million so it it also comes I mean, down it's to doable yeah it, it is doable especially once you factor in that at the deadline you don't need to have the full caps worth of space and everything right like there's all those little ins and outs um but it, it also depends on who's still in the race as to who who's going to be sellers right yeah, because there are people that think they're going to be there and then between now and March, because I think it's like March 20-something is the deadline this year. Um, you never know who's going to be out of the race. Like I remember last year, everybody was talking about Nashville being a seller, but then last uh, last second, they went for it and just kept everybody. So yeah, <clears throat> you never know. Yeah, deadline's March 21st this year, so that's, yeah. that's pretty late. That is late. Like if you look at the um, list... Also, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say Ben Schrott's also on the last year of his deal, so... Maybe it is something that Montreal would be more eager to move, but I just I don't see it happening to the Leafs. I definitely see them moving because they need to. Not that they don't have draft picks or anything, but they need to start acquiring more assets in, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, if you look on the at plus the, side, they've gotten to see a lot of their assets play this year. <laughs> yeah, basically, oh, if man. it's a if it's a Canadians prospect and they're not in the NCAA, they've played this year. Yeah. Um, if you look at the list of UFA defenseman at the end of this season so you got Subban Latang. I don't think I, I don't want Subban Latang. I don't think he's going anywhere what about Toronto boy Mark Giordano I left him off the list and I don't know why you know it's interesting because he's got the leadership it's kind of like <laughs> how they brought in Jumbo and how they brought in Marlowe you know, it's somebody who's older, um, and I think that's something that... I mean, they've got Spezza and Simmons, but I think somebody that's still able to play to a higher degree in longer minutes that's a captain. Man, we're just collecting captains now, this team. <laughs> yep. The more I watch the Leafs in this era, the more I feel like I'm playing NHL 2013. Right. Um, it, it just like collecting pieces that shouldn't be on this team, but... Cool. Giordano's like he, he's got the shot he's a little older but it, yeah the shot is the thing yeah it it's a tough one because Seattle went and made him captain now was that uh we want a captain right away for the identity of the team or was that a hey we know you're good you're older but you're still good you can still play we're going to give you the C we want you to retire here I think Seattle had one of those like we're going to make a plan. And then as soon as the season starts and the plan doesn't work, it's like, all righty, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Like, I think everything before the season started and everything after the season started, you can kind of throw out the window. Yep. After Giordano, you have Boychuk, Johnny Boychuk. What's Giordano's cap hit, by the way? Um, Cap hit right now is 6.75. That's tough. I don't think they could fit that. Hmm. They retain half. You throw Richie and or Hall in the deal. Yeah, I don't know if they retain it. I don't know if Seattle... Eh, I don't know if anybody's in a position to pay full price for him either. I don't think so. I, I It is just a rumor, but I heard a rumor that, you know, he has been interviewed and he said he would be willing to move. Like, he's not going to dig his heels in the sand and say he's going to stay there. 
someone's like, oh, Calgary's going to try to reacquire him to push for the playoffs. I mean, of course, he's not really sold on staying in Seattle. He's at the end of his career and he wants to win something. He's going to move around a couple times, I figure, before the end. But uh, where he ends up this year, I don't know. I, I don't see it with the Leafs. It could be. It would be nice, but I don't think that's... I'm leaning more to the other end of this list with Chekron, Klingberg, and Severson. How about Hampus Lindholm? Hampus Lindholm would be nice, but he's on Anaheim, isn't he? Yeah, he's on the Ducks, who the Leafs have a history of making trades with the Ducks. That's true, but he's aren't they a contender? Mm, are they? He's are 20, they not? 28 years old, six foot three, 208 pounds. He's a left shot, not a right, but there's rumblings that he doesn't want to re-sign in Anaheim. That'd be nice. So they're, you know, there's a potential that they're going to be moving him regardless. The Pacific's kind of up in the air. What everybody thought was going to be the garbage division has actually been pretty, pretty contested. Oh, sorry. Bless you. Bless you. Now you're looking for attention. (laughs) Fun fact about me. I always sneeze a bunch of times. Anything more Uh. than twice you're looking for attention. Dude, I, I have like a running thing where if I blow through a stop sign or something because I'm sneezing, I can call anybody that knows me and say, without any context, like, hey, how many times do I usually sneeze? And they'll say, oh, six to ten. <laughs> and I will get out of any ticket. It's just every anyone who knows me knows that. It's crazy. I, I hate it. Especially with my ring light here. I always do. Oh, man. Um, so Hampus Lindholm. Yes. Yes. Um, so What's his cap hit? It's 5.2. Okay. So it's it's a little high, but like if you look at the Pacific Division, Vegas is going to run away with it likely, right? Yeah. They're stumbling right now, but Edmonton should be fine. They should be in it. Yeah, Eichel's going to come back soon for Vegas, so that'll be fun to watch. That's one word for it. Um, yeah, but uh, the Oilers will probably pick up goalie at the deadline and they'll they'll turn things around. I part of me kind of hopes that Holland goes after Vamalka as much as I, that would be so funny, right? Like as much as I don't want a team other than the Leafs to win, I wouldn't mind seeing a Canadian team actually do well. Um, how it, Oh, Colorado's up four, nothing over Arizona right now. And they only have 13 shots into the second. Who's in that Wedgwood. Oh, actually that's a good point. It might not be Vamalka. Um, no, he's on COVID protocol. Who is in net? Sorry, I'm just pulling it up it's, here. It's Vimelka. <laughs> oh, well, that, that hurts. Make a phone call. It's Kenny Holland, much. you can get him cheap now. Um, but it, it, like, if we go back to the list, there's tons of eligible players. You got Lindholm. I, I would be worried what Anaheim, Anaheim would want for him. Um, Danny DeKaiser out of Detroit, although I don't think I'd really be pursuing him. Um, Klingberg out of Dallas, which... The Klingberg talks have heated up. Yeah. Because first it was he requested a trade. Dallas was like, uh, but now it's like, fine, we'll trade you. So I think he's an interesting one. Yeah, his I think it was his agent has come out and clarified that. It's not that he requested a trade. He just, he doesn't feel like he's being... properly appreciated by the team yeah during these negotiations yeah and he's also on the third line right now there 
uh, the third D pair. So that's that's kind of rough for somebody who who has shown that they're as good as he is. Yeah. What about a name that's been linked to the Leafs before in the past? Josh Ma- Josh Manson. Oh, I like Josh Manson. Thirty years old. Team for a bit. Six foot three, two twenty four, right shot. He's a UFA at the end of the year. He's got he's at a cap at a four point one right now. That's something. That's, uh, that's manageable. Yeah, I, that's someone I could see them getting. Um, you can't. You don't. You'd have to think that the ask wouldn't be too high out of Anaheim for him. Um, and it it would. You wouldn't have to sell the future for him, right? But I've, that's the thing is a lot of people are going to ask for for prospects from the Leafs, and I think one of the biggest things they need to do is hold on to you know Knives and Steves and Amirov and Niemela and Lilligren and. Nimala and um Hervin and um, yeah there's a lot of them kicking around that you know there's going to come a time when we don't have this core four and we have to plan for the future and we can't trade that all away for uh <clears throat> John Glingberg or John or Josh Manson, Manson or Mason yep and e- even if you go I can't talk <laughs> You go a little farther down if we want to get more penalties called against us. You could try and prize Adarov out of Calgary. Ooh. He hits like crazy. I love his hitting, but that's about all he's got going for him. Um, So what about Damon Severson, who I think has been the one that, that Fridge has mentioned that the Leafs have talked with? I'm a little biased. I love, I love Severson. Um, a good friend of mine is a big time Devils fan, and then I've been a goalie. I always loved Bruder growing up, so I I watched a lot of Devils hockey, and he's been hit or miss. He kind of came in his his first couple years, and he played ridiculously well. But I think with the addition of Dougie Hamilton, it's kind of thrown him a little bit for a loop. I, I don't know if he's kind of found his place since Hamilton's come in, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like we saw with uh, Tyson Berry and Morgan Riley. You can't kind of have two of the same thing. Absolutely. I think Severson would do well with Muzzin or with Sandine because I think either way we need to bump, whether it's Hall or Dermot, like there's there's somebody, one of these things is not like the other, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Man, if you could get Severson out of the Devils and somehow get him locked up and have him paired with Sandine to have a top four of Riley Brody and Severson and Sandine. Oof. Oof. That'd be incredible. What's Severson at right now? Let me check. Yeah, I'm just trying to look. He's not a UFA, though, at the end of the year, is he? Okay, Devils cap friendly. Shout out to cap friendly. Um... Wait, Severson not on? Oh yeah, he's just on non-rostered right now. That's why. Threw me for a sec. So he's four point one cap hit this year and next year. Mm, that, that's not bad. That's historically that's kind of the type of player that Dubis tries to go for. Someone who's not just a a one year rental, right? Like Felino aside and stuff like that. He's. He's tried to find people that he can envision trying to keep them around for longer than just the one year. So yes, when you got Muzzin, you gave up Dursey. Um, wasn't Grundstrom part of that deal? I think so, yeah. And then a first that they ended up using on Bjornfoot, and everybody's chirping the Leafs right now because Dursey's play- really hot right now, which, you know what, good for him. 
Toronto boy, he, he's a, a good young kid, and I want to see him do well. Just because the Leafs traded him away doesn't mean I don't want to see him do well, just not against us. Yeah. And we needed Muzzin. It was a price worth paying at the time and now. Yeah, I I was always surprised. Like, I, I'm still surprised to see Jake Muzzin in a Leafs jersey. Like, somebody that I watched for a long time and was always, you know, envious of any team that had him when he was on LA and when he was on, I forget where he was before there. But um, yeah, it. I, I think Severson makes sense, like you said, because he's this year and next year. It's like David Kampf and, and a couple of these guys that he locked down that are already signed. Yep. Um, And I think you might be able to renegotiate something by then. Like, who knows where the Leafs are going to be at at the end of next next year um, in terms of the contracts they've got. So, I mean, they do have to sign Jack. So yep. that has to be taken into account for every deal they make, when, unfortunately. And the cap, like we touched on it a couple episodes ago, how there's a handful of NHL teams that are actually filing lawsuits against their insurers. If that, yep. if the teams win and get payouts, which I th- I don't know if it was NFL or MLB, but there was another league where teams did this and they won, then technically that money should go towards hockey-related revenue. And hockey-related revenue is what the cap is loosely based off of. Yeah, if that would help with the escrow payments, then we'd be, you we'd know, be back to a normal salary cap, hopefully. Yeah, between that and the new TV contract, which, judging by everybody you ask, is just going wonderfully. I, I only ever see Sportsnet TSN. I don't see the American feeds, but from any report you see, they're just doing fantastic and so much better than NBC. No offense to NBC, but... Oh, everybody loves the TNT hockey feed and yep. Bali sports one's a little, eh, they're still, they're leaning on more of the hockey night in Canada. Like their broadcasters are a little on the older side and kind of just a not fun broadcast. And I got to say, I, I left at all of the breaks tonight, but I caught like the, you know, the first couple minutes and last couple minutes. And it's like, oh, I could, I, I could have predicted that it was going to be some history about St. Louis and then some thing about some player that played 80 years ago and then somebody whose number we're retiring and then someone we're honoring and then that's it we're back to the game oh and for the second intermission we're going to bring on the number one sports podcast 32 thoughts because we can't come up with anything ourselves let's just put 32 thoughts on the air like you pretty much like I i like seeing what a lot of a lot of broadcasts are starting to do bringing former players in and a lot of the former players that are coming in now are actually, yet again, I don't mean any offense by to anyone by this, but a lot of them that are doing it now are actually being beneficial to the broadcast. Like, as much as I disliked him when he was a player, and even still some of his takes I don't like, BX is good. Yeah, he is good. He He's very good on there. Um, I just think the combination of the four of them is weird. It is. Uh, can't be any worse than um, Friedman's suit tonight, but oh man, that national anthem though too. <laughs> I I try not to comment on these, but this one was just like play Wonderwall. Like I don't get it. Is there a requirement if you're gonna sing an American national anthem that you have to make love to it? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, really, is there? 
And it, it just shout out to Martina Ortiz Louise. Like, oh yeah, the Leafs have to have the best one in the league. Oh, hands down. Like the only other one that stands out to me is that guy that uh, did the Boston games forever, and I think he might have passed away. Uh, the guy that had the big mustache. Yep. And then the the he only other like one that I ever single game I ever really remembered was the big guy that was in Vancouver forever. And then he lost oh, all that weight. That. He was really good too. Oh, 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 yes, I do. I know who you're talking about. But uh, yeah, that was weird. Like playing guitar and he stopped singing and let the crowd take over. And yeah, I thought he was just going to start playing an original song at one point. Like when in Missouri, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then to top it off, the country road singing, it was just like, man, hockey. In Missouri. <laughs> I'm glad Missouri has figured out how to enjoy hockey. I just don't get it. They've actually got a really strong alumni from former players there, and you're starting to see a lot of a lot of prospects come out of the St. Louis, Missouri area. Yeah, I mean, didn't Stastny play there? Um, well, Paul Stastny did play there. Um, I'm not sure if any of the original three did that. I'd have to look up. Um, but like the, but I mean, they've the they've Chuck boys were players. born there. Fair. Um, they've had some good players in the last last decade. I mean, the Leafs keep giving them stars, star centermen between uh, Alex Steen and Tyler Bozak. My God, we keep stacking the Blues. I will never, ever forget that game that Steen had. What was it? Four goals and eight or nine points. His, I think it was his third year in. I was adamant that he was going to be our next captain. And then he gets traded. Yep. And then he just has the career of a lifetime with St. Louis. I will forever hate. I don't even know which GM traded him away, but that was the stupidest thing. I just pinned everything back then on John Ferguson Jr. I know. It's like, I don't even think it was him, but it had to be, right? (laughs) So I was talking to to someone that I know from a bunch of leaf groups that I'm in uh, shout out to Damien from TML locker room on Facebook. Uh, he asked Cliff Fletcher did it by the way. Oh, it was cliff. Ah, he shouldn't have been no offense to cliff, but maybe he shouldn't have been GM at that point. He was getting up there. Oh my God. I hate, I can't believe I just read this cliff Fletcher's last move as Leafs GM, he traded Alex Steen and Carlo Koliakovo to St. Louis for Lee Stempniak. Yeah. I forgot about that trade. Yep. And Lee Stempniak was wildly unsuccessful with the Leafs. We've had a handful of them. Yeah. No kidding. Are the Jason Blakes of the past. I give him the benefit of the doubt. He was fighting something. Yeah, he signed with us and got diagnosed with cancer, so. Yeah, I'll give him a pass on that. But, um, yeah, we've we've had a history of making trades for these guys. Who was the other one? Uh, Out of St. Louis, Jamal I mean, Mayers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, St. Louis, you know what? And like I said, the crowd was loud there. St. Louis, they found a way to enjoy hockey, and I'll give it to them. They were loud. They uh, might not understand when to say refs, you suck, but hey, they look like they're having fun. Yeah, that they were. 
Um, okay, so completely out of left field, we're going to switch lanes here. Uh, <laughs> this is something that came out a while ago that I want to ask you about. Uh-oh. Um, so the Houston Rockets have a new menu item. It's a uh, jumbo mac and cheese hot dog with Fruit Loops and bacon. Uh, is this a uh, is this a uh, a yeah or a nah? The Fruit Loops kind of throw me for a loop. I uh, like a, 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 a mac. And che- oh, did they? Yeah, a mac and cheese hot dog. Okay, I can get behind that. And, and like any any man, I love and the bacon. Oh yeah, yeah, bacon makes everything better. But Fruit yeah. Loops. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, you have the savory with the hot dog and the bacon and then a little bit of sweet. It, it, I'd give it a try, especially if you give me a couple beers. I'd give it a try. I'd give it a try. But I think if you're going to get the sweet and you got the bacon there, maybe like peanut butter or something would be better than Fruit Loops. I think that would be good. But like there's some um, donut places here in Ottawa that do Fruit Loop donuts. And those just tend to be the ones that I don't really like. I don't know. Fruit Loops don't have they when you pound them up or when you break them down, they're not that flavorful. They just kind of taste like wheat and sugar. I don't know. Yeah, you're basically just chewing on sugary chalk at that point. Yeah, I just don't think it would go well with cheese texture and bread and meat. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say after a couple beers, yeah. But um, outside of the arena setting, that's going to probably be a nah for me, dog. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. A couple beers at the arena, you know, a night out with the boys. Yeah, I'll give her a shot. But I I wouldn't be ordering it at a restaurant, that's for sure. And you know what? It's not on a menu at a restaurant. It's on a menu at the arena for the Houston Rockets. So I guess they nailed their target market. (laughs) I I guess so. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I know we keep talking about this, but um, Evander Kane is probably going to end up in Edmonton. And Connor McDavid asked about it was just kind of like, you know, I don't care what the fans think. Uh, I think he kind of should, but I don't think it's his fault at the same time. It's like the team's in an awful situation. The team is in an awful situation. um, But... And I know he's the captain. He had to say something. He's the face of the league, but it's not a good look. Like it, it I know it shouldn't have been a question for him. It should have been a question for Ken Holland, which it, Holland's already said that he'd be interested. Right. So I, yeah, yeah it, it it's not a good look. And I, as we touched on yesterday, if it was just, just, drugs or alcohol or addiction in that sense okay that's one thing you can get by that you can get help for that but the off-ice domestic stuff yeah i'd be staying away from that as far as i could i just love that on the broadcast they were talking about him they said uh yeah so if once the um the league clears up this this potential illegal border crossing of his where he had covid uh a week or two ago um then all the teams can get uh, back to trying to sign him it's like are you kidding why is everybody lining up to wait to see if he's cleared from a criminal charge yeah. to sign him yeah quote unquote all the teams there's not going to be all the teams that are going to be interested there will be a couple for sure oh man just to uh to parrot something that i heard on dangle's podcast it said uh 
the worst thing that you can do in hockey is suck. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, honestly, like you, the worst thing you can do is be bad at hockey. Like you can do anything outside of the game as long as you're good. But is if you do it when you're bad, I mean, what was the, the kid, um, something Mitchell uh, that Arizona drafted in like the fourth round? He's not good enough to, to make it. But Logan Mayu is good enough that we are apparently going to give him a second chance. So I am very, very disappointed. Like, to see someone like Bergevin, not to crap on the Habs, but to see someone like Bergevin be at the helm when he's drafted, that I can see. Um, yeah. But I'm very, very disappointed in the London Knights. That's who has his OHL rights right now and he's you know he's coming back I get it you want to help a kid he's he is a kid but in any of the reports or interviews or anything that you that I've seen or read it he doesn't seem like he's remorseful about it no like he not at all yeah I I don't get the sense that he's learned his lesson and he's not going to do it again that needs to in my opinion that still needs to be dealt with I think it does, and uh, until we see some receipts, I don't think uh, we should be expecting him back, but, you know, tis the NHL. And uh, real quick, last thing I want to touch on before we sign off here, this hockey PEI incident that has kind of been unfolding over the last month. So back on December 17th, uh, Keegan Mitchell, a player with the Sherwood Metros, said opposing player made an anti-Asian comment to one of his teammates, And uh, Mitchell then took it upon himself to two-hand slash the player who made the uh, racist remark. And so they were both given uh, two-game suspension. So I guess the ruling is that because the ref didn't actually hear the slur, um, they can only give them two games, not five. I don't know. It's a stupid rule. So he gets two games, and and the other kid gets two games for slashing him. Um, Then the kid takes two. Sorry, I should actually say his name because this guy did something good. Keegan Mitchell takes to Facebook to write a, you know, massive post saying that, you know, maybe he went a little over the line in uh, taking physical retaliation, but uh, he feels like nobody's standing up for um, against racism in this PEI Junior B Hockey League. And this is Hockey PEI. So uh, in calling out Hockey PEI, they suspended him indefinitely for violating their social media policy. Which, like, come on, it is 2022, uh, 2021 at the time. And you think that that was the best PR move and best decision to make was to suspend a kid indefinitely for calling out your inaction against racism. That's okay. So um, PEI Hockey, the reason we're talking about this now is because this week they have apologized for their handling of this. So I'm assuming they have since um, released... Keegan from uh, suspension and they're going to be looking in and doing an internal review about how they handle racism moving forward in the league. So that's a lot to unpack. Bean, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So we touched on early yet again, not that I'm saying I'm a professional referee by any stretch of the imagination, but there are, certain things that realistically you can't do if you didn't see it or hear it. 100%. Now. Curry Fraser. 
Callback. Yes, yes, yes. Carrie Fraser. Um, it, it, it it's tough. We've we've all not even just in sports and life. We've all been around someone who has said or done something. Maybe not to this extreme, but I I commend him for sticking up for his teammate. Um, and especially when you're playing at that level of hockey and clearly he has aspirations to continue playing to have the courage to potentially risk his future to stick up for a teammate like he did even on social media like that's ballsy good on him um we need more players doing things like that not like mcdavid saying that he'd welcome someone like kane on their team it's funny i didn't plan that to be a juxtaposition with that story <laughs> but it kind of worked out that way didn't it? it 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 does um from what i've read on it he's he was very well spoken with his his write-up and he he knew what he did was wrong but at the same time there, there, it, it, i don't know how you justify it but like there's different stages of wrong like, if you're in the middle of a hockey game and you punch someone in the face, okay, yeah, that's wrong. But it, is it weird yeah. Is it weird that that's more socially acceptable than, you know, falling back to being a racist? Like, I, I would rather see someone punch someone in a hockey game than shout an anti-Asian slur or anti-black or, you know, anti-anything. Yeah, of course, because I think there's a physicality that's part of the game, and I think yeah. it's just an element of competitiveness that people don't take anything personally and they know that you're not attacking like people don't take the shit that brad marchand does personally i assume like i think some players know, I'm, do i'm some players might <laughs> brad marchand might not be the, the best one to use as an example for that but you know somebody like tom wilson you could probably after he kicks the shit out of you go and grab a beer with him and watch you know a baseball game or something like yeah he's probably fine but it's that's where you kind of cross the line to like if you're throwing around racist remarks on the ice then you're you know you're a bad guy in hockey like you're you're not somebody that people want to be around or you're not unless that's what the dressing room is like which would be unfortunate but you know it's something that you don't want to see happen and people do take personally and and it does make hockey less inclusive. And like you said, if these people have aspirations to go to the the majors or move up out of junior B even, it's um, it means a lot to have people stand up for you and not feel like, you know, this isn't the game for you and maybe this is as far as you're going to get. A hundred percent. It's all been brought to life over the last year to two years, right? With the George Floyd incident, Black Lives Matter and the forming of the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Um, it, it's stuff that needs to be brought up and it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable, but realistically that's what needs to happen. Like, yeah. And like I said, I mean, hockey PEI is going to do an internal review and hopefully handle things better next time. Yep. But, uh, Hey, Keegan Mitchell put himself out on a limb to make that post knowing, or maybe not knowing that there's a social media policy in the league that would get him suspended. But, Hey, he uh, he didn't hold back, and uh, good on him. Absolutely, definitely good on him. 
So um, with that, we'll sign off for the evening. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us uh, five stars or whatever rating you feel like leaving us in a review. If you're on Spotify, uh, please do the same. Bean, anything you want to sign off with? Um, Not that I can... Not anything that's worth saying. Go Leafs go. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. Go Leafs go, and we have to try to find something to do for the rest of the month, considering we only have three more games. Uh, we'll try to squeeze some more episodes in between, but it uh, kind of helps because I'm going to be working. Anyway, good night, everybody. Oh, my outro's not going to work again. I'll add it in post. That's all for us. Every episode lately. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.